This is the Yob ConvoCast. One-on-one conversations with your other brother's authors, community members, supporters, and friends. What's up, friends, and welcome back to the Yob ConvoCast conversations with beloved humans in our community. And we are in the middle of a fun and exciting and never before trod series, um, which I think I've officially dubbed Spanning the Spectrum. I think that's the name. I think that's the sexy name that I came up with. So Spanning the Spectrum, as we explore all the different sexual identities within our Yab community, because you would think, you would think we're all the same. (laughs) Maybe on the surface, you look at us and you say, oh, they're all the same. But no, you go deeper. We're very, very different. Um, and it's really interesting to explore. I've already enjoyed having conversations with Matt and Marshall, two of our OG contributors from Yab, going all the way back to the beginning. Um, but now we're going to start to sprinkle in some newer voices, people who have been around. Um, and this person's been around actually for a few years now, and he's been on multiple convo casts at this point. He's an Enneagram 4. He loves Love Victor. We've talked about those things at length in previous episodes. And today he's going to talk about sexual identity as this series continues. It is our brother, Alex. What's up, Alex? Hello, Tom. It's good to be back. You're back. I'm so glad you're back. Thank you for saying yes to this conversation. I was really hoping that you would. Oh, well, thank you for reaching out. I appreciate it. It's fun to uh, to be on here and to get to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm hoping I'm hoping that as the series unfolds that we hear from both people that we have heard from previously and maybe others that we haven't. Like we'll see. We'll see what happens as the series as the series continues this summer. Um let's just jump right into it, Alex. Uh you've been in our community for a few years now. We've gotten to know you. You've come to the retreat, you've been on a couple of these episodes. You're pretty consistent on Zoom as well. I see your face constantly. Um and I get to see you in person soon, too. Spoiler alert for those listening. Yay! <laughs> so I'm excited to visit. You're out there. You're out there in the City of Angels, right? I think you've mentioned that in the past. The good old City of Angels. Yes, sir. Out here in the lovely, sunny Los Angeles. I can't wait. I can't wait to be back in the City of Angels. It'll be fun. Fun times with you and a bunch of our other SoCal boys and brothers out there. Um, well, let's get into it. Tell, tell the people... Who are you in your sexual identity? What what would you say you identify as? All right, let's yeah, let's let's do this thing. So I use the identifiers of bi, bisexual, as well as queer. Uh, bisexuality makes the most sense for what I experience, mainly being attracted to both men and women, as well as using queer as a general umbrella term for me not being straight. I use that as a little bit of a descriptor. For me personally, I've used these identifiers alongside my primary identity as a Christian. So I would call myself a queer Christian or bi-Christian. And depending on the context and social circles I'm in, I have also used the term same-sex attracted. But that is not entirely true because I'm attracted to the opposite sex at the same time. So again, bi Mm. makes the most sense for me. Have you ever, you know... So I, I've I've talked about this a little bit, and I might share more later in the series. But my my roots with sexual identity was talking in terms of same sex attracted, and so I heard the SSA acronym for years and years and years before all other words started entering the vocabulary: side B and gay and queer and, and et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, but it was world changing to me when I heard the acronym OSA because I was like, <laughs> someone used it like legitimately, like, oh yeah, I'm OSA. I was like, what is that? <laughs> And I guess I guess if you're if somebody is same sex attracted, someone else or the same person even could be opposite sex attracted. So to be SSA and OSA, what a thing! So many letters, so many acronyms. You throw in LGBTQ, that's like you got the whole alphabet. That's just too much. Okay, that's that's too much. It's a lot. It's a lot. That's doing the most. Doing the most, Alex. That could be the title of this episode. We'll have to figure out a nice snazzy title for you. Um, I'm curious because. You know, we'll go into the the format for this series is I always love getting right to it. Like, how do people identify today? Um, And then backtracking a little bit. Have you always identified that way or has it changed over the years? Um, And then we'll close the episode with some struggles and joys from this identification um, or challenges and blessings, however you want to define that or wrap that up. But um, but I want to focus on the present for the moment, because being bi, there are not many of you. I don't think that identify as such in our community. Do you feel, do you often feel like a minority of a minority or is that me like forecasting that on you or, or putting that on you? I'm curious. Um, I don't think that's you projecting. I don't think so. Um, projecting that's the word. I mean, I, I don't feel like that. I mean, I feel just as queer as the rest of you. So I think that's, you know, a good, (laughs) a good litmus test, I think. Good. Well, good. Cause I, I'd be curious too. Like, um, I always love getting feedback on these episodes, any podcast that we do. Um, and I'm curious if there are any by people who would identify as bisexual, if they're listening. Um, I'd be curious for your experience too. If you, if you're right with Alex, if you feel quote unquote, just as queer as the rest of us, or however you said that just now, um, or if you might feel, cause I just know, I just know just, uh, statistically objectively, most of our community does not identify as bi. And so I was just always wondering about that as far as you go or as far as a couple of the others that I know identify as bi goes. Um, I seem to recall you mentioning, I don't know which episode it was, whether it was the Love Victor episode or the Enneagram 4 episode, but I, I seem to recall an audio clip of you mentioning that you were bi and that you found women attractive. And so I wanted to explore that in just your journey, like um, growing up, like did you date women? Have you not dated women? Or did you have crushes that were women? Like share your kind of your journey growing up and feeling this attraction for for both both men and women right so for me yeah i grew up really not knowing about like any labels or identifiers to be honest with you it was not a concept that i was really aware of growing up and so it was difficult for me to land on anything or to even understand my experience because i didn't have the vocabulary to properly talk about it growing up and I didn't have that until I was an adult. And so growing up, I knew I had crushes on, and I like girls, although they were very few and far between. The only time I ever had a girlfriend legitimately was in high school for about a year. Uh, and that was, I liked her for sure, but I think it was a lot of one-sidedness in that relationship. And to be entirely honest, there was part of me that was like trying to make it work because I knew I was, there was something in terms of attraction to guys and I wanted that to go away. So I thought, oh, dating a girl would be fine. Maybe that will fix me. Spoiler alert, it did not. So it didn't, uh, that relationship did not really end that well. Likewise, I had a huge crush on this, uh, on this woman in college that was, really like really powerful i remember it very distinctly 
And so I was devastated, absolutely devastated when she just wanted to be friends and I didn't get the chance to date her. And at the time, it was one of the few times where it was, I had been ever that interested in a woman. Like I was like really, really there. I had like a huge, huge crush on her. So it stung a lot when it didn't like pan out. But at the same time, I knew I was very much attracted to guys at the same time. So it was always in one way or another attracted to them. Either I wanted to like be around them all the time or I was attracted to them like actually physically, like, you know, attracted to them and their their physique, their bodies, and also wrestling with being attracted to them sexually, of course. But it was like all sorts of different ways that I wasn't quite sure how to talk about. And that was competing at the same time with my attraction to women. And so it was just kind of like this back and forth being pulled, you know, like a kind of like a tug of war here of just being like, oh, that girl is pretty. Oh, no, that guy's really pretty. And just being kind of like pulled back and forth <laughs> with no sort of like direction to where it would like actually stick. So the older I got, the more pronounced and persistent my attraction toward guys actually became until I couldn't really deny it anymore. And yeah, it was at that point I reached a, that was about senior year of college where I reached just this absolute point of desperation where I begged and I pleaded with God to like, tell me what it is I actually was experiencing or struggling with because I had no idea. I knew I was attracted to women. I knew I was attracted to guys. So it's just like, I didn't know that there was any sort of term for that. And so, you know, I was really begging and pleading with the Holy Spirit to just talk to me, just reveal what it was to me. And it was one of the few times he has been like very clear to me in terms of like revealing something to me in my heart with like, okay, do so you want to know what you're dealing with? Fine. I'll tell you, you're attracted to men, you're attracted to women. So in layman's terms, you're bisexual. And I was just like... That makes the most sense that I have ever heard in my life of what I experienced. And it was like the perfect thing. It was like everything clicked at that moment. And at the same time, it was the Holy Spirit also saying, okay, now that you know that, let's walk through what this means for your life together and let's figure it out. And so, yeah, from that moment on, God was just really deeply involved in the process of coming to terms with my sexuality which, you know, has happened over the past five, six years, or maybe even seven years now, actually, maybe it's been that long, or maybe even eight years. Goodness, I can't believe it's been that long. <laughs> Time is funny, is a funny thing. You know? Right. And so, yeah, it's just figuring out how to reconcile my sexuality with my faith. And it, you know, as the years went on, and, you know, working through this with, you know, safe people in my life, and, and, you know, other people and with, the Lord, it, it became clear that the use of labels and identifiers for me were helpful to just describe my experience within my body on the most basic of human levels. And so I wrestled with it for a long time using labels because I didn't want to identify with the bisexual lifestyle of sleeping with both men and women because I didn't do that, and, but rather just the experience of attraction itself and how that has influenced my development and perspective of the world around me. In addition, I also have seen that it is a helpful way of communicating that shared experience with other queer people, both inside and outside the church. 
So it allows me to connect and have a place to start in terms of conversation, which, God willing, will transition into talking about Christ and what he has to say about our sexualities and how to steward them. The labels and identifiers for me can also be seen as a conversation starter with my straight brothers and sisters uh, in Christ, allowing them to hear and learn about a perspective and experience that is so different from their own. Both of these ways of using labels and identifiers have to do with ministry, and I see the use of them as a form of ministry that God has given me to bridge the gap between both these communities. So I guess in short, I use labels and identifiers to describe my experience as a human and utilize them as a way to begin conversation for the purpose of ministry and connection. So I see myself as a bi-Christian whose identity is firmly rooted in Christ with all other parts of my identity and identifiers put under the sovereignty of God where they should be. And that's kind of where my journey has gone. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking, thank you for sharing your journey. I'm sure it's it's so funny for you to like share that in five minutes or six minutes, however long that was, and recognize that that took years of your life to, to live out and piece together. It wasn't just like, uh, oh yeah, then this and then this and then the Holy Spirit said this. And then, you know, I, I recognize that that takes time and that takes a lot of uh processing and praying and probably crying and journaling or talking to people yeah and so um so i don't know these these episodes are interesting little windows into people's journeys but recognizing that there's a lot that goes into coming to terms with things and having being able to have the words and the explanations for things something that i draw that i was drawn to is when you're talking about growing up and finding this girl pretty but then finding this boy pretty and like feeling the tug of war um, cause I have to imagine, I was like thinking like, what would be more difficult not to compare apples to oranges or thorns to thistles or whatever, whatever the metaphor is. Um, but I was just thinking about that because like, I imagine the bulk of our audience, I'm just imagining, imagining the bulk of our audience don't have an attraction to women at all. And like what the, the, the torture that it was to like conform into a society that wants you to be attracted to the opposite sex and that you're secretly not. And maybe some of our people in our community did date women, but they had no attraction to them whatsoever. They were just doing it because they're supposed to. That's what you're supposed to do. And and they went through the motions and they ignored the fact that they weren't attracted to them. Meanwhile, attracted to the guys in the locker room or on the teams or in the classrooms or whatever. Um, but I have to, I just wonder, like, was it more, like, I wonder if it was more difficult. Like if you had an attraction for for both sexes for both for men and for women um and you just don't know then what to do with the if you grow up in a christian context and have that as your your opening framework like then what do you do with um this other attraction that you have like on the one hand you have this one attraction which i'm sure so many people in our community would kill to have that like oh my gosh i want to be attracted to women and men i would love to have both but um but I can imagine that that must have been like really confusing to have both, huh? Yeah, I, you know, that's interesting. It's a great segue, I guess, into like my struggle with my sexuality has always been, yeah, it's been that tension. It has been like how difficult it has been being attracted to both. And, you know, people are like, oh, you have a choice or whatever. You can, you know, choose to be attracted to men and choose to be attracted to women. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. If both of a, if a, a pretty girl and a pretty guy walk into the room at the same time, I have to decide in the moment, like, yeah, though they're both pretty. Like, it's just, it's just how it is. I, I didn't choose to be like, have my, my vision beyond both of them. 
I would like, honestly, I feel like it would be simpler if it was just one or the other. For me, it's always been just like a this difficult hurdle of finding myself attracted to both. And so for me, it has been a great struggle in the area of relationships. And it has always made me feel really inadequate in terms of dating. Like for me to be attracted to a woman is like, well, what woman would be want would want to be attracted or what woman would want to date a guy who's attracted to other guys? Like, does that, that doesn't seem like, I feel like I would be seen as undateable and, you know, my perspective, you know, girlfriend or whatever, I, I feel like they would be immediately looking down upon my close male friendships with suspicion because it's like, oh, he's not, why isn't he that close with me? Yeah. Or like, it's sort like, of thing. Because we have guys in our community who are in mixed orientation marriages and not all of them, but many of them would say that they're pretty much exclusively attracted to men, but then they, there is an attraction for their wife, but in general, they don't find other women attractive or they don't find themselves lusting after other women. And I can imagine from someone who's bi, and if you, if you have the capacity to not just notice attractive people who are both men and women, but then the capacity to lust after both men and women, that that could be potentially threatening to a woman should you decide to date one or a wife should you get one one day like i i definitely see the the struggle in that yeah it's honestly it's a whole pandora's box that i never wanted to open but Mm. it was you know put in front of me and you know the lock was undone already so it just like kind of the lid flung open and all that kind of spewed out and and even in terms of my attraction to women that's even different than how it was initially um, because it feels like to me, when I first came to terms with my sexuality, I felt like it was more 50, 50, you know, straight down the middle, mm-hmm. you know, half attracted to women, half attracted to men. But as the years have gone on, it's actually shifted greatly. And I can't explain that. Honestly, I don't know how that works, but for me, it feels more so like 85% attracted to men and 15% attracted to women in terms of my attraction for the most part, but honestly, it's so nebulous that it's, it could be different at any given point. Interesting. I was going to ask you that. Cause I was going to, I was like wondering, cause from what I've heard from bi people, it's that it's not 50 50 all the time for everybody. Like that's like this very simplistic understanding of what it means to buy, to be bisexual. Like there might be seasons of your life where it felt 50, 50, or maybe there were times of your life where it was 70, 30, 80, 20 in one direction, and then 70, 30, 80, 20 in another direction that it's not necessarily fixed for 75 years of your life or whatever. So I'm glad you spoke to that, that it might've started more in a 50, 50 range, but that it's now shifted to this direction and that you don't need to necessarily know why, but that's just where it is, you know? Yeah. And that whole like relationship with that, has made it difficult, honestly, because I'm like, if I were to be in a committed relationship with a woman, am I going to be physically attracted to her? I'm worried that I won't. And on the flip side of that, I'm still very much attracted to men on a more frequent basis. However, based on what scripture says, I can't pursue a romantic or sexual relationship with a man, as that's you know not God's design and will for, for my life. And as a result, you have someone who, although they're attracted to women, is not attracted to them on the regular and someone who is attracted to men, but can by no means pursue that type of relationship with them, even though it seems like the most natural way that my attractions lean. And so I don't know if this is the correct usage of this term, but hey, I can say it because I am bi. 
<laughs> I I very much relate to the term by panic in a lot of ways because it's just like uh 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 it's just like oh my god what do I do what do I do <laughs> this person's pretty this person's pretty I don't know what to do ah <laughs> yeah I mean I hope I really do hope that this is giving people a window because I know I know I've heard it somewhere and I can't think of like a specific person who said this but like I know I've seen it on a posting somewhere either in our community or in a Facebook group I joined previously or something but but kind of this sense that like gosh I would if I could just be bi even, like I would still be attracted to men, whatever, deal with that. But if I could also be attracted to the opposite sex, that would make my life so much easier. And I hope this conversation is helping just illuminate a little, like maybe it would make someone's life easier, quote unquote, in some sense, but that doesn't mean that all of a sudden you live a struggle-free existence in a utopia, you know? Like I hope that this is shattering that image for people. Right, kind of just breaking that glass just right open and be like, here's yeah. here's what it's actually like for someone i don't know i feel like it, yeah. it varies between the different bi people of course like you said we're all different in terms of our our ratio i guess and so in addition to like being you know struggling in terms of like romantic relationships and how to deal with that whole minefield which quite honestly i love avoiding that as much as possible so singleness is great for not even having to deal with that but uh, I would also say it's made me, you know, I've had to deal with a lot of jadedness and jealousness when it comes to people who are in relationships, as the prospect of me actually being in one seemed very foreign to me, and that the joy that they experienced would be forever out of my reach, at least in the way that comes naturally to me, uh, in terms of being, you know, more attracted to guys. This has, you know, resulted in me struggling with a lot of loneliness for a large portion of my life. And while still in the realm of relationships, I used to be very afraid of people if they found out about me. And I guess to some degree, I still do. I'd be afraid that it would do like irreparable damage to my friendship. Like women wouldn't see me as dateable and guys would keep me at arm's length and not let me get close. Lest they suspect that I am like getting too close to them or I'm trying to make a move on them or they didn't want to be seen as queer themselves. Uh, or be associated with that if they are to be seen around me. And so, yeah, I also struggled with being rejected by the church for just being honest about my experience and wanting to have open discussion around the subject. There have been multiple instances throughout my life where people who profess to be my brothers and sisters in Christ, who, whether intentional or not, have hurt me in their response to learning about my experience with being bi or same-sex attraction or what have you. So it's kind of been a a really heavy mixed bag with a lot of different things that have come out of it in terms of struggling with it. Uh, But thank God he has blessed me with people who have subverted that fear and that anxiety in my life. Uh, Within the past several years or so, he's been very good, very gracious to me by bringing those people that kind of heal a lot of those wounds and, you know, make a lot of this life bearable in in a lot of ways i hope slash i think i know that your other brothers has been a a place of support for you and that you can feel like you don't have to pretend certain things or cover up certain things like you can be you can be a bi person in our community that is probably more exclusively in the gay ssa or even queer identifying realm um but that there's a place for you at the table as there is for all people who identify as bi or wherever they identify on the sexual identity spectrum. Um, And that's just like the beautiful thing about this conversation in particular, but then this 
hopefully the the spirit of this community at large is um, a space for people to process their stories and bring all of their stories and don't feel like you need to change it or or edit it or be something that you're not like it's awesome to it's awesome to have you with us alex what would you there's so much i would ask like i, I guess one quick follow-up while the sand this is we talked before the episode this is your first time with the hourglass so the sand is dwindling we're losing sand alex but mm-hmm. i wanted to ask a quick follow-up about attraction because you mentioned something about like roughly 85 percent for men 15 percent for women like within those level within those like super broad vague categories of attraction like do you feel do you feel like it's across the board that you're like physically attracted to both equally or do you feel like physically more so with one gender or sex than the other or emotionally more to one than the other or you know like do you think about like those or is that just too much to think about like all the different sub levels of of attraction not just for men but also for women uh you know i've thought about that uh you tried to go into a deep dive of that and you just end end up losing losing yourself in wonderland for a while uh just going far down the rabbit hole but it's like again it's such a nebulous thing like i i would say most often i'm attracted physically to guys and that's kind of a more consistent thing but there are aspects physically of women that I'm very much attracted to. And it's not all things, but it's parts. It's like there are aspects of women that I absolutely find gorgeous and beautiful. And at the same time, guys are really handsome and they're really pretty and I can't get over it. So it's like, it's difficult, but like emotionally, I would say I'm attracted to both. Like there can be aspects of emotionally, I'm attracted to both. Definitely intellectually, I'm attracted to both if like, they're like very like intellectual, like men and women in my life. Like that's a good thing. I love that. I'm very much attracted to that kind of thing. So it's like, I don't know. It's, it's varies differently depending on the level of attraction here, because it's, it's again, it's so, so hit or miss depending on the day, the person, the situation. I don't really know how else to describe it. That's why, this is why I don't, engage in dating culture because it's just too much <laughs> to sort through it sift through this nonsense on a given basis with anybody so it, it just yeah it's too much gotcha well thank you for entertaining my my deep dive question you answered succinctly which i appreciate um how would you tie this up alex by saying like what are the blessings in your bisexual queer identification you talked about some of the struggles the confusion and the sifting through it all but yeah how have you seen god using your sexuality yeah so the other side of the coin the other side of this very bisexual coin is (laughs) due to you know due to my upbringing my lack of understanding around the topics of sexuality it took me a long time to see my sexual identity in a positive light i was taught to write off anything other than being heteronormative as wholly sinful and not worth the time and effort to really study or understand So nuance was non-existent here at all. There was no nuance whatsoever, not even able to do that. But with that being said, I've learned a really great deal about the joy that God has shown me through my journey of understanding my sexuality. I would say the greatest joy that I've experienced is how my relationship with God has been so closely tied to my experience with my sexual identity. From the very beginning of the process, God has been so close with me being the only person I could talk to and process this part of my life with. As I didn't trust anyone with this knowledge at all, not even my parents, not my childhood best friend, nobody, 
nobody I trusted it with. And even when other people refused to help and listen to me, as I struggled to understand what I was experiencing, God kept me close. Even going so far as to call me to himself and causing me to trust him, becoming the Lord of my life as I accepted Christ as my savior, you know, becoming a Christian. It was a huge part of that. And the Lord has proved himself gracious and to be a gracious and loving father to me, sending me to places where I could be away from the unhelpful and unsafe environments of my youth, where I could actually meet other queer people to help formulate my own beliefs and thoughts about my sexual identity. It would be him, God, that would lead me to seek him out when I was confused and desperate, comforting me by walking with me when his Holy Spirit revealed exactly what I was experiencing. It was in the Holy Spirit itself that helped me understand that I was bi. And it was he that taught me that I could accept my sexuality as a part of who I was, yet continue to live a life that was faithful and honoring to him. And even when my brothers and sisters in Christ continued to not understand what the Holy Spirit was leading me through, God still held me close in the face of their rejection. He brought the right people in my life so I didn't feel completely betrayed and ostracized by his church. Later on, he'd bring other queer brothers and sisters into my life uh, to encourage me and bless me with their stories and their experiences with our Heavenly Father on our shared journey, and also allowed me to bless them in return. Thank you, Yab, and thank you, Revoice, for that blessing. Uh, and it's through all of this that he taught me how to have fullness of joy in him, that I didn't have to constantly feel shame and guilt over my sexuality, that it could and is being redeemed for his glory. He is the one who taught me that through my redeemed sexuality that I could share my own unique perspective on what it means to be family to one another in the church, as well as advocate for my single and queer brothers and sisters who have not had a voice or a place in the greater church culture. He taught me the importance of caring for my siblings in Christ, whether they be straight, queer, married, single, men, women, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. He's given me this interesting perspective of how to like love them both and to care for them both yeah. and because they're my brothers and my sisters how else am i supposed to be family in the church if i don't know how to love them well and so i found so much joy and freedom in submitting my sexuality under the lordship of christ because he was the one who's always been there for me he's trustworthy and he's faithful i trust him with my whole life sexuality included he was the one who made me after all and it's planned out my days before me. So who am I to not trust him uh, when he's been there for me the entire time? And so, yeah, there's a lot of joy mm. and a lot of cool things and a lot of cool relationships that I have because I'm attracted to both and I care for both in very different ways. And I want to see them loved on and cared for and taken care and like taken care of in the church. I, I want to see people taken care of and loved on. Uh, I love your heart, Alex. It's such a beautiful heart. And I just like... As you're just sharing all that, I was, I was getting a twinkle in my eye because I was just like, you have the perspective of like of gay people, of straight people, men and women. Like it just it's really cool that you're at the intersection of so many different types of people and that you have that perspective, that empathy that you can offer. You mentioned on your Enneagram episode that you're a four. And so you have this big heart and this big capacity to listen and empathize and connect um, and create as well, like undoubtedly just like. A future of creating beautiful things that that speak to the human condition and the human struggle and um i just like i don't know it's just so cool it's just so cool to see how sexuality is intertwined with all of that and how um 
how the Lord's using you. He's certainly using you in our community. And I know he's using you outside of our community too. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just a beautiful thing. I'm so just honored that you would come here today and, and share your story, some of your story. Oh yeah. There's uh, I guarantee you there's more there, but for the sake of the hourglass and the shifting sands of time, that do not allow. The sands have forbidden you from continuing. Yeah, I, I, it's about to lock up my mouth here. I can't speak anymore because the, the sand is run out. It's like that scene from Aladdin where they go into that sand cave or something and then they're trying to escape and then the sand cave closes and Aladdin is trapped down there with... Well, he doesn't know yet, but there's a genie down there. And, right, know, right, right, I want right. No spoiler alerts for those who haven't seen the 1993 film Aladdin. <laughs> Whatever year that was. Uh, <laughs> I I wanted to I wanted to share Alex I I laughed because you posted on our Discord recently probably because of the inspiration of this episode I'm imagining but you posted a video that's on YouTube called Bye 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 <laughs> but it's spelled B I B I B I like the NSYNC song and so it was just an, a lovely little rendition of Bye Bye Bye. I mean, <laughs> people can Google it and check it out. It was humorous. I quite enjoyed. Oh, it's great. It's uh, the band Sub Radio is very queer friendly and I love them to death. And they they did a version of Bye 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 by, you know, oh God, InSync, right? It's InSync? Okay. NSYNC. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want my, my queer brothers and sisters to, you know, torch me there for- It's not Backstreet yeah, Boys. Yeah, for, for no, mixing no. that up. Um, but yeah, of, of Bye Bye Bye, but like the Bye Anthem. And it, it warms my heart and it's so fun. <laughs> um, like one of the lines is, uh, whatever your gender is, I'm gay for you. So, <laughs> yeah, it flows really well. It's like they he they clearly put a lot of effort into making that lyrically like very similar to the to the actual song. Right. So shout out to Sub Radio there. So we love them. Sub Radio. There we go. Alex, thank you for coming on. Thank you for spanning the spectrum here with us today. Looking forward to more conversations to come, y'all. Stay tuned as our series rolls on this summer. Um, Alex, I hope you'll come back and explore more elements of your story. I always enjoy having you on this on this program. Well, thank you, Tom. Thanks for uh, thanks for always having me. I look forward to actually seeing you in person soon. So that's gonna yeah. be a good time. We'll get some uh, we'll get some in and out for you. You'll be you'll be a happy camper. Oh, I didn't even think about that, Alex. <laughs> you just lifted my spirits. I totally forgot that in and out exists. Um, so on that note, all my dear friends as Tom gets excited for in and out in a few weeks. Stay tuned for more stories as we span the spectrum. So until we cast our next convo. See you, friends. Bye-bye. Bye, Alex. Bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye. Life is too funny. Oh, God. Otherwise, that's, you know, you know the drill. You've done a few of these now, so. Yep, this is the third time. Third time, I was trying to remember if it was three or four, because I know you did, we did a, hey, not, gosh, what was that show called? Love, Victor. <laughs> it's like, hey, Victor. No, not, hey, Victor. Not, not, hey, Victor. Love, Victor. And then what was the other thing we talked about? I'm trying to remember. Enneagram four. Oh, yeah. Being Enneagram four. Fun. Mm-hmm. We're just continuing to explore the layers of Alex. Apparently. <laughs>